previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. I felt like it was fun. Everybody was having fun. And that's what football is all about to me, having fun. From Delaware, almost live, this is the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Refuge Podcast. I'm Earl Holland. As usual, this is a podcast where I talk with guests about their connection to sports. We're back after a brief holiday New Year break, and I wanted to start this show off by saying thank you for making our most recent episode with Towson wide receiver Shane Leatherberry one of our most popular episodes of all time. And while we've set a record for listenership, records are always meant to be broken. So I hope you keep listening to future episodes in the same fashion. So, what happens when you combine outspoken and unapologetic with laid back and cool? You get this week's guest, my brother Edward Holland Sr., and my cousin Theran Dennis. In this episode, which I will warn involves some strong language, we discuss a number of topics, including our thoughts on the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL right now, our favorite breakfast foods, the rise of esports and the memory of arcades, and much more. We now go to my interview with Edward Holland and Theran Dennis. Right now, I have my brother yes. Eddie Holland, Edward Holland Sr., and Theran Dennis. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm feeling good. Just had my BK breakfast, the croissant, you know, some tots, or they call them hash browns. Anyway, now I'm good. I'm good. Got breakfast in me. Ready to talk they sports. Them, they call them what again? Uh, the hash browns, but the little tots. Cute, cute, cute little totties. Anyhow. What do they call it? Hash browns or tots? What do they call them? Huh? Oh, what do they call them? Hash browns? Yeah, hash browns. They're all, they're all potatoes. Okay. It's just like a regional thing. Off. You know how some people call like soda pop and we call it soda because we're sort of rational people? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Sort of rational. I like that. <laughs> Today, I was just going to throw it out as sort of a free-for-all because sometimes people like chaos, and the best thing to do is hash browns versus top. Oh, well, we can go into all different types of potatoes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I just say, what genius is the real cutting the potato up? Hmm, hash browns. <laughs> no damn reason. If they're smart, they use a food processor. Yeah, but, I mean, hash browns. Good story. Yeah, can I have a, let me get a McGriddle. Have a hash brown. How does that sound appetizing? You want a what? You want a hash what? You want a hash what? <laughs> yeah, let's get one of them circular things. Look like a potato. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you, kids. Come right up. I can't remember what. I think it's New York Station. They used to take the French fries and cut, chop them up and make them. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got legit homies, though, right now. Well, at least at least they did. I don't know. They got new ownership, so I don't know if they're still doing the menu the same. The wings are still good. Every year. Every year. For a lot of you people who don't know, we are from Newark, Maryland. We live there more than half of our lives for most of us. The, oh yeah. The village of Newark, Maryland, right? Oh, yeah, it? as uh, Captain Willie would say, the tidy hamlet of Newark. Oh. You got to put in the helicopter sound. <laughs> no, you can do that. All that. Or what is it? Kuponka, right? Kuponka. Yeah, some people say Kuponka. <laughs> There's so many words. Oh my God! You know how many people butcher the English language as an English major? I'm slowly starting to let that go. I'm having an inner peace. I already know most people don't know how to pronounce certain words, and you know, it happens all the time if you're from a different region, but. Mm-hmm. Completely something but, else if you come from the same area as everybody else and still don't know how to pronounce it. I mean, English language and stuff, the Brits look at us like we're idiots because everything we say is ass backwards compared to what they say. True. 
I just wish people would pronounce my name after I enunciated correctly for them. That's all well, I ever asked for in life. You know, that's difficult, man. It's French. Huh? <laughs> really? You're going to start <laughs> marking it as French? Right. Get on. Get on. Oh, my God. There you go. Let's bend the thorns around. Oh, jeez. I don't want to go back to that. Oh, God. I miss Cynthia, though. Cynthia, she's a sweetheart. I was trying to live there. I was like, yeah, it's way to stop mine to call him Thorn. The name's not difficult to say. This might be one of the first episodes we just list as explicit because... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, look look at your name. You can say your name. That's like I learned in school. Spell it out. Phonetically. For a bunch of people who either were in ROTC or were in the military... Phonetic alphabet and that something else people need yeah. to know. Reading is fundamental. And nowadays people are dumb. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be honest. Yes, there are arguments. Like it says, the people who are listening now probably will hear it and probably agree. Oh, what I ain't saying what everybody else already hasn't said. Stop with your liberal ways. The liberal media. <laughs> Wants to make you gay. You know, yeah. I, had to, I had to mix the Alex Jones with the Russland ball. Now, now, skip. The, the liberal media is talking about making you gay. I'll believe it, Skip. No, I don't believe it at all. I just want to watch that show more. I can't watch it anymore. Actually, that's a good point. Actually, now that we get back on that. So I was watching an episode of Dan Patrick's show. Someone calls in and talks about why is it that everybody keeps talking about the Yankees, the Red Sox, LeBron, the Patriots, the Lakers, whatever else. And, and basically, Dan Patrick made a good point. He said the biggest thing to draw ratings is you keep playing the hits. Same thing about Tim Tebow back then. They like playing the hits. And that's the way you can alienate an audience very, very quickly. And I think that that's probably one of the many reasons I just sort of stopped watching ESPN. I hardly even watch it for games anymore. And now that they've moved their 30 for 30s to a pay format, I ain't watching now. Mm-hmm. True. I'm mainly radio. Like I said before, pretty much ESPN radio 24-7. Or play it, rather. Podcast. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it does mean that the stories aren't interesting, though, just because you see the same topics in rotation, seemingly. I mean, you know, people want to know what's happening, wherever it's at. And if those are the spots and things are going to happen in those spots, then, hey, you know, why not pay attention? Not all the sports cities, you know, even L.A. is starting to come back up now. You know, they have two good football teams. But for years, there was always this talk that <laughs> yeah, ESPN yeah. had West Coast bias. I guess more East Coast bias than anything else. You wouldn't hear anything about whatever happened on the West Coast years ago. I mean, if Tom Brady went to the Chargers and with LeBron already being on the Lakers, now there's all of a sudden a care. Nobody cared about L.A. a couple years ago, even when the Lakers were good. I guess in between that Kobe window and LeBron coming there, nobody cared. Yeah, yeah, why, they, they were why, trash. Why are you really charging into this, man? Because every time someone says Chargers football, I think about Chris Berman taking his pick. Arnold Schwarzenegger, go Chargers, go! I like what the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's a go-to clip now, and that ain't listening to San Diego Superchargers. The Chargers, did, they've got a rough. Did you hear I, that? The Chargers, yeah. uh, apparently, there's talk that the Chargers don't seem like they're going to be viable in L.A. Oh, yeah. So I heard uh, not long ago that basically it's like they're playing an away game all 16 games because even their home games, quote-unquote home games, the opposing team's fan base usually uh, packs the stadium. More than, I guess, you know, any any Chargers, wherever they come from, I don't know. I guess they're all commuting from San Diego still. I, I don't think they care. I don't, I don't think the San Diego uh, people care anymore. They just let them flourish in that 30,000-seat rental stadium that they're using that more soccer fans show up than football fans. 
Well, San Diego, they can only complain so much because ultimately they didn't want to, you know, fund the stadium, you know. So it's like, well, if you didn't want to put forth money to keep the team here, then, you know, it's, it's tough because not only do they not have a team, but it's like, I don't know, it's like the team hardly even exists. Yes, media-wise. I mean, even though they're having a good season, like, who's really paying attention? I think you're beating out with the Rams, with their hot streak right now. And the thing is, L.A., apparently, when it comes to football, they're still a Raiders town. So, you know, both of those teams are still competing with the Raiders. It's a mess there. The NFL messed up on that. They did not... Well, the NFL's always been anti-Raiders and anti-Davis family, and the fact that you gave the Chargers right of first refusal before the Raiders to move to L.A., the Chargers would probably be better off moving into Vegas and the Raiders moving to L.A. Or I heard this idea. Have them play uh, somewhere in Orange County. I forget the area, but somewhere in Orange County and call them the California Chargers, which I think that would be cool. Yeah, that that's not. They're slowly moving out of these regional named teams. Really, hardly do you have any teams named after the state, especially. But I, I miss that. Like, I mean, come on, you still have New England, you know? And then you yeah. still have Tampa Bay, even though I guess Tampa Bay largely focuses on Tampa. But New England covers it's New England. As long as they're Miami and Jacksonville, I don't think they have to worry about trying to be the regional state team of Florida. But Florida, one thing Florida is, Marlin. like, it's where are they going to play? They're not going to play in Angel Miami. Stadium because they spent all that money to renovate it from being a football stadium to be a baseball stadium only. And now, what, you want to turn it back to a football stadium? It's bad enough the Angels don't even want to be there anymore. Have y'all seen the plans for the new Oakland A's stadium? Like they had, like, a pull-out design. Oh, man, that thing is going to be top of the line right off the bank. It's going to be kind of like San Francisco, but their new stadium... Man, it's going to be freaking amazing. I've seen plans of them wanting a stadium for like 20 years. They wanted a stadium either in Fremont. But yeah, they've been wanting a stadium for years. And I saw they wanted one that's like a 40,000-seat stadium or a 35,000-seat stadium, one that's really intimate, that's very small, so you don't have to worry about that gigantic mistake of Mountain Davis sitting in the background in Oakland where they can't really open that and sell that out because the A's were basically treated as second-class citizens, and I don't blame them wanting to move, but they're not going to be able to find a place. Every time it looks like they're going to find something, it just gets shot down. And eventually, if you can't get anything around Oakland... Other cities are going to be calling, and they can't really... Like I said, there are two teams in baseball right now that need a stadium. And basically, mm-hmm. there are two other teams that are getting a stadium that really don't need one, Arizona and the Rangers. Why is Arizona? Yeah, that's wild. I don't know. But the problem is, for all these years, mm-hmm. baseball and some of these teams, the White Sox, the Giants, probably a few others, always said, if you don't give us this money for this new stadium, we're going to move to Tampa Bay. Finally get a team in Tampa right. Bay, nobody shows up, even when they go to the World Series. <laughs> And the problem is this. I know you're talking about San Diego not wanting to pay for the stadium. The problem is this. I feel it is wrong. It is definitely wrong. That tax money should be used for basically corporate welfare. You know why I have no issue with them putting an expansion team in Las Vegas in NHL? There was already arena there. I don't care. Somebody already paid for it. The Raiders trying to get all this money to build a stadium in Vegas, that's ridiculous. Maybe because it's a tourist trap and you can get all the money off the tourists. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it makes any sense. That's why I didn't have an issue with the Rams moving to L.A. Guess what? The owner is paying for it himself. I don't care what the L.A. does. He can build it in a mega church for all I care if he's paying for it. But you shouldn't force San Diego to pay for the Chargers, for example, to pay for mm-hmm. a stadium when they didn't get no benefits out of it. Because yeah, all no. they did is get in the playoffs and lose in the first round anyway. No. We'll do that. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I mean, both baseballs are stacked. 
They haven't made the playoffs since what? North Turner was the coach. Well, if you believe Philip, he's having a resurgence of a year. Yeah, by he's the, the anti Count Duckula. And you know, I've been saying this, and I've been making it a thing now. I call Eli Manning Count Duckula. Yeah. So, Thrain, you know the well, Count Duckula, don't you? No, no, no. Okay. I don't think so. A great time to explain it. So, Count Duckula was a British cartoon that was a spinoff of this cartoon called Danger Mouse. It used to show up all the time mm -hmm. on, on Nickelodeon. Count Duckula would show up on Nickelodeon most of the times early morning. So, Count Duckula is a vampire duck. Okay. And normally, Counts of Duckula always die in some way, maybe exposure to sunlight or something like that. And every hundred years, they do a resurrection ceremony. So you have to do the resurrection ceremony exactly right. And apparently, mm -hmm. as a result, instead of using a vial of blood, someone ended up using ketchup by accident. And what happened was the whole resurrection worked, but he became a vegetarian vampire duck. Oh. And not only that, not an evil one, he just became a vegetarian vampire duck that wanted to pursue fame and fortune, wanted to be a movie star. None of this really yeah. equates to Eli Manning, except for the fact that maybe they tried to make another patent and someone put ketchup in. <laughs> but man, that ketchup has some clutch gene when it's against Tom Brady. I was going to say he's got those two ships. He had those oh, well in advance before Peyton got his last. Oh, uh, man. He didn't beat Tom Brady. The Giants defense beat Tom Brady twice. Twice? And two lucky-ass plays. That's it. Hey, That's Tom Brady good. could easily be 3-5 and five right now in Super Bowls if yeah. Kyle Shanahan knew how to run the ball and Daryl Bevel <laughs> didn't think he was smart than everybody and run the ball. So right. apparently running the right. ball could make Tom Brady the LeBron James of the NFL. <laughs> Right. Now that would be interesting. Would you yeah, still consider like talk about how overrated Tom Brady is if he's three and five in the Super Bowl instead of five and three? Right. That really doesn't help your legacy. I get that, but I mean, man, he's putting up some numbers though. I mean, what he's on is really cool to see because who saw, especially just ten years ago to the season, right? Uh, he had that uh, horrific knee injury, the one he suffered in Kansas City. Remember that? Yeah. If you would ask me 10 years from, from then, if Brady was still not only playing out, but balling out now, I'd be like, that's crazy. He has maybe three, four years max. That's nuts. It's really cool watching him play. I enjoy watching Tom Brady. I enjoy Tom stuff. Brady, but I enjoy watching him play. Yeah, no doubt. Smooth, I have no man. issue with Tom Brady. Brady. Smooth, man. I have no issue with Tom Brady. I was just saying that. What I'm saying is he's just evolved as a player in general. I think those discussions would, I mean, they would still be had all time-wise. Maybe not so much considering him as like the greatest, no, but no, no, no. up there. Maybe he was four and four in the Super Bowl. He's basically the combination of Jim Kelly and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> and that's nothing against no, Jim Kelly. A, Jim Kelly is a damn good quarterback, but apparently, when it comes to Super Bowls, a missed kick. Well, the one wasn't his fault. Yeah, and then three blowouts, really. Because the Redskins, well, the other teams, the Cowboys whooped them twice. Yeah, the other teams were just better. It's like saying Joe Flacco is irrelevant. I mean, he, yeah, he still has more rings. Hey, in this case, sadly, <laughs> that he'll be looked on highly than some of the quarterbacks of this generation. If he wins another Super Bowl, which weirdly could happen yeah. because that Ravens defense is fairly good. But, yeah, I mean, if he wins, where does he land? Yeah. If he has two second rings. one, too. Flacco, where does he land? If he gets a second ring. Yo, man. Is he Eli level? He's like Eli 2.0, I feel like. Yeah, I tell people, man, this is Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, and elite. I said, they're elite, my behind. They're not, they're not elite. They had great defenses behind them. Each year in the Super Bowl, they had great defense behind both of them. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah. But, um, dude, Flacco, he had a playoff run for the ages. I mean, yeah. 
But he, he had Anquan Bolden, Jacoby Jones, Corey Smith, so on, man. And Anquan Bolden, you already know, he's a hard move wide receiver. They, they don't have anybody else out there who can, who can play the position. But also, look at this. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he was clutching that New England game that year. I'll never forget that. Anquan Bolden and showed up. That's why Joe Flacco got a $120 million contract because of the people he was throwing the ball to. Like, this Tom Brady got a contract like that, and he made people, I never knew half the damn people. That's like Peyton Manning. Sure. Peyton Manning made a lot yeah. of guys. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys rich. Except for Dallas Clark. I knew about Dallas Clark coming out of Iowa. So I knew about him already, how great he was. So I knew that. Shout out to your ball guys. Hey, they oh, beat, the Iowa nice. beat Maryland. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Bro. I'm sorry you even brought, brought, brought them up. Yes. Thank you. What is, what is Bruce? Buddy? They deserve that one. Bruce? It's like a seed. They're I know he looks like uh, a giant brown walking. Yeah, I was gonna say someone you know of a famous shame bicyclist who uh, who lost all of his accolades. But well, you were saying before that playoff game against the Patriots, Flacco could easily maybe have a second Super Bowl had Billy Cundiff made a kick or Lee Evans made a catch in the end zone. And oh yeah, that's right. Like, now I didn't make Cundiff a, a word. You didn't just got Cundiffed. Look, we can't dawn on that because San Francisco. Should have won that Super Bowl. Crabtree got held clearly in the end zone. Cavalry probably have a job. Be a blessed home. I'm surprised Cavalry don't have a job now. Hey, did Tom, when Nathan did, Peterman Tom, and Derek Anderson can start for the Bills. Yeah. How did Tom <laughs> Savage get a job? Hey, because when your owner says that the you players are a bunch of inmates running the asylum, of course you can. Wow. Texans, Teddy Bridgewater is just rotten on the Saints bench. He's beyond two guys. Uh, Breeze and they got that number seven, the white Michael Vick. That dude's a baller. That dude can run. <laughs> I forget his name, but yeah, Teddy could be in Jacksonville easily by now. Apparently, uh, Ward is on a short leash. And then Cody Kessler's is back up. Who the last time you heard that name? I don't know. Who the hell is Cody Kessler? <laughs> he played at USC. Right? You know, that great lineage of quarterbacks like Mark Sanchez and uh, good old, what's his name? <sighs> Matt Barkley. In liner, Matt Liner. <laughs> well, that. I, hey, Sam Darnold, though. This, Sam Darnold. Yeah. I do say this, that <laughs> sometimes some guys don't fit in a particular scheme. They're trying to fit the square peg into a round hole. Well, like, isn't Kessler one of the uh, 30 uh, starting QBs the Browns have had in the past, I don't know, like three seasons? Kyle, He's one Kyle of the main. One of the many. I'll say that um, Colin Kaepernick would not fit in his offense. I think that offense would be perfect for Colin Kaepernick. Which one? Perfect. Kyle Shanahan said that the offense wouldn't fit Colin Kaepernick's uh, athleticism because it's so difficult. Now, right. I think it fit him perfectly, you know. I think, in other words, he's saying he doesn't have enough black quarterback plays for him. That's what he's saying. <laughs> they the black ones on the market. <laughs> to answer your question, the third string QB on New Orleans, Taysom Hill. T-A-Y-S-O-M-H-I-L-L. He's from BYU. So... Yeah, which makes it even crazier. Like, the dude, like, he is, like, the, the Monday Night Drew Brees broke the all-time touchdown record, I think, or he tied it, or somebody yeah. broke it, I don't know. But that was the night I saw the number seven. It said Taysom Hill, that's his name? Yeah, Taysom Hill. He had a rushing touchdown, yeah. 23 yards. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were showing the highlights of his uh, rushes at BYU. Holy shit, that dude. <laughs> White Vic. You know that name? <laughs> you know, White Iverson, White Vic. Remember, uh, people talk bad about Michael Vick. Talk, he can't throw 400 and some yards and this and that. And he proved them wrong, though. <laughs> the Eagles tailored that offense for him, and it worked. And I think the biggest problem in Atlanta was that he had some garbage receivers. You give him Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and some of these guys now, and some of the other crap that he had, Harry Douglas. Oh, he would have a much Douglas. better run in Atlanta. Harry Douglas. <laughs> okay.
Some of those guys were garbage. I didn't even watch yeah, it, but they could see guys would drop passes, catchable passes. Nah, yeah, I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not being chased by somebody, but still, those are catchable passes. Yeah, that's true. They're getting paid to do that shit. We have every right to criticize them, especially yeah, when it's our money. That's yeah, them. They're good money. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so, but just look at it. If you break down every single team in the NFL this year, it's going to be a superstar quarterback, so and so running back, it's going to be a super running back. And the average quarterback, you're going to see the difference. Look at Jared Goff. Yeah, I was going to say it was. Yeah, but he got he got Ty Gurley though. I mean, it's rare that you get a combo just like that. Patrick Mahomes, he has Kareem Hunt, but he's got Tyreek Hill too. Uh, that's yeah, yeah that's his guy. Like I said, but Patrick Mahomes' athleticism opens up that type of thing for. Look at Russell Wilson when he came in. Russell Wilson had fucking Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they also use a lot of that read option stuff as well that everybody else was using. Yeah, because it's hard to key on. You would think that Marshawn Lynch will get the ball, but Russell Wilson's a dual threat as well. Colin, it worked with Colin Kaepernick was in there too. He had Frank Gore as well. It worked with RG3. Yeah. He had, had Alfred Morris as well. Shit. And when I look at that Redskins team in 2012, I just think it was just criminal. Yes, RG3 should have knew how to slide. That's the biggest issue. If he slid... That probably wouldn't have robbed him of a couple of years of productivity. Maybe things change. But in a playoff game, I don't care what happens, especially when you hear all this stuff in hindsight. First, one, Kyle Shanahan doesn't run the ball. Plain and simple. I think everybody has seen that. Kyle Shanahan doesn't like running the ball, especially when you have a lead. The Redskins were up 14 nothing, and they all of a sudden decide to keep passing the ball when you have a quarterback with one leg. That's the dumbest thing that could have happened. Secondly, I saw Kirk Cousins beat the Ravens. Huh? Was that a game against the Broncos? Oh no, that was Seahawks. That was a playoff game. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I do remember the uh, one game with the Broncos and the running game after more for carrying the Broncos on the ground in the second half. Start throwing the ball and you lost. Why would you stop that? Because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Kyle Shanahan parlayed his offensive coordinator role with the Falcons to that Niners job. And then he became a part of the biggest comeback in history because all of a sudden they couldn't run the ball. I'm not a big fan of Matt Ryan. I think he's overrated. Yeah. And anybody dispute that? <laughs> Matty Mild to me. Matty Mild, yeah. Him and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford overrated too. Yeah, Stafford couldn't oh. even get the ball to Calvin Johnson all the time. So how are you going to tell me that he deserves that money with that ragtag assortment of wide receivers? Improve, if you I'm hoping it with Jimmy G. I hope he can prove me wrong. You know what I mean? The same thing with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins really had to show anything while he was watching at all. He didn't show anything to me. You have all these weapons around you. The defense is a top 10 defense, but yet you still find ways to crap it away. Still oh no, I'm just saying, he calls the Redskins two chances at playoffs against the Giants. You don't go into a season finale twice with a chance to possibly make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, do yeah. not shit the bed twice. At that point, I didn't want him there anymore. After that, if you can't win the big game, so look at this. I'll go back a couple years ago. That whole season, 2016. Yeah, everybody's talking about the play call. Why is the play call so bad? Everybody's like, ah, McVay. McVay doesn't know what he's doing. And then you come to look at it, McVay's gone, and the same stuff keeps happening. So that case, it's either Gruden, McVay, or Cousins. And then next year, they crap the bed against the Giants in the season finale. It's either Gruden or Cousins. Now, there's no Cousins. So if they crap the bed against the Giants, it's all on Gruden now. I went from that one playoff game where Kyle Shanahan stopped running the ball, and if they thought, oh, Kirk Cousins is going to be a good quarterback because he single-handedly beat the Ravens by himself in that last game when RG3 got hurt, why don't you start Cousins? I think he could win the game. And move on to the second round, but uh, I'm bouncing everywhere. But there's a lot look of things at the that rescue, though, Matt. 
you got Adrian Peterson who has a resurgence this year. He's the old Adrian Peterson of years ago. Look at Alex Smith. We talked about that. Work. Alex Smith is not going to get you 500 yards a game, 10 touchdowns, or whatever you, the average. Oh no! Whatever the hell the average is for a quarterback now. Alex Smith is a game manager. And that's what the Redskins need. Redskins don't need a high flying 40 points game quarterback. If he can get you 28 points a game, then it's all the defense to do the rest of the job. And let's say the defense has been doing it. The defense has been coming up now in Washington. And it's, like I said, Alex Smith is being very careful with the ball. He's being very conservative. It's Alex Smith, that's who they got. That's who was going to happen. He did it in Kansas City. Nobody had an issue with that back then, but now it was a problem. Oh, we, he can't get the ball down the field. He can't do this. He can't do that. But guess what? He still led you to the playoffs. Just about every single season he was there in Kansas City. So the man's consistent. He consistently wins. He's not a loser. He wins. He wins when he has port behind him and a good coaching staff. So, you know, people understand that. Yeah. I'm not hating on Alex Smith. <laughs> and another thing is, uh, stats, he, he threw wins the ball by down the field a lot in Kansas City. <laughs> He threw the ball down the field a lot last year in Kansas City. It's just now Washington. He last year. He doesn't have the weapons right no, now. No, last I mean, year he threw it downfield. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the year before or the season before. And deep passes. But the problem is he doesn't have the weapons this year. Half your receivers are hurt. The Redskins went with, like, a bunch of backups. Basically, Jameson Crowder was hurt. Paul Richardson was hurt. What about this? What if you put Mahomes on the skins? What if he traded to you right now? At least I know he wouldn't get sacked. But those receivers are very questionable. Do you think Alex Smith, considering his history with Andy Reid there prior, do you think he would have anywhere near the career year that Mahomes, the Hall of Fame Mahomes is having now? You know, I feel like Mahomes would guarantee Gruden, the way Mahomes playing now, he'll guarantee Gruden at least a good two more seasons at the helm. Unless the rest gets crap the bed, he's gone after that. I mean, he has a good shot of saying a couple of years, but all it'll take, if he gets to the playoffs, doesn't win a game, he's probably done. I tell you, some of these NFL coaches, how the hell do they get jobs? Because some of these guys are awful. Sean McDermott wanted to prove a point, uh I guess, not having Tyrod Taylor play and keep starting Nathan Peterman. Apparently, insanity is doing something over and over, expecting different results. (laughs) That you had to sign somebody off the street to play, and he played basically just like Nathan Peterman. And that's the last guy who led the Browns to their last winning season. Oh, wow. That's funny. How about this trade? Anderson for Taylor. Bring him back, oh, Buffalo. Okay. You need him. Yeah, Buffalo would have to prove they were wrong for trading. Anderson just wants to be a backup. Shove your pride to the side because if you ain't winning, what's the point? It's just pointless. You're going to lose your job. You see that Patrick Peterson asked the Cardinals to grant him a trade by. Come to Green Bay, baby. I heard he wants to go to the Saints. Why? Why did he from he Louisiana? Want to to he went to LSU. That's crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm surprised Larry Fitzgerald hasn't asked for a trade. Why? He's on his way out the door, man. This is last season. He should have pulled an Anquan Bolden and went somewhere else. I think that organization has plans for him once he decides to hang up the cleats. Yeah. Okay, He's going to so the Cardinals apparently save for that one <laughs> spell have been awful. They are basically the San Diego Padres of the NFL. Think about it. The Padres, save for like six good years, have been garbage ever since they were in Major League Baseball. Well, the Cardinals well, have been around for like 70, 80 years, and they've been in three yeah. different cities, and they still suck. Can you imagine now people getting paid to play video games? And I haven't watched those elite games that they either have on TBS or ESPN. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know. I've always been in just playing sports games and occasional action games. I read the requirement. To become a, a professional gamer, you have to, on average, a week play fifty hours, fifty hours or more video games. You were doing that, weren't you? On, on average, whatever God of War, boy, I was doing God of War and everything else and stuff. 
But like I said, about 50 hours a week, I can spend my black ass at work making extra money and sitting home with... It's <laughs> OG Eddie. It's an eight-step process, man. It's an eight-step process. First, you said you got to get a membership onto whatever gaming subscription you have. Second, pick a game that you really, really like. Third, play the hell out of the game. Fourth, get a Twitch account and start uploading all your stuff up to Twitch so you get a lot of viewers and followers and then put it on YouTube so you get more viewers and followers than anything else and stuff. And after that, also into the local, regional, statewide type video game tournaments and all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of stuff you have to do. I mean, look, at the end of it, you can make about $400,000. That's the max is about four, five, six hundred $600,000. The medium is 25000 Then you need sponsors and stuff like that later yeah, on if you get paid. Yeah, get sponsors. Wow. Yeah, like I said, that's why that's the reason when you have a Twitch and YouTube because then these people see you play and stuff. I mean, I just recently signed up on Twitch. And it's honestly, I only watch YouTube video games to see how to beat a certain boss or beat a certain level. So I'm going to squeeze eight hours to watch you play a game that I'm about to play. <laughs> I just needed to see how to beat something. That's it. But Legend of Zelda. We never knew how to beat Legend of Zelda until after we YouTube. Thank God for YouTube. There was no YouTube back then. Shoot, we'd already beat... Yeah. But did we beat Zelda? Did we beat yeah. Zelda? It was, yeah, we beat what, Zelda. What, it took us like 20 years, but we finally beat Zelda. Yeah, Shoot, if you can list the number of games that you've played through completion that you've beaten, I can say I've beat Superman for NES. There's probably some other stuff, but I don't really play that many games. I mean, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, <laughs> X-Men Legends, both X-Men Legends. Yeah. Did you say how quick that filled it out? You said Superman on NES and yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hey, it don't matter. Beat it and beat it. I don't care if people hate the game or not. Still beat it. Hey, there's a lot, a lot of game, old school games we look at. Warts and all are awful. Like yeah. I said, there's some awful video games that we played growing up that, honestly, we are basically the test subjects for a lot of crappy video games that came out in the 1980s. There were. The X-Men video game for Nintendo. That was awful. It was. Oh, my God. That's terrible. LJN, I'm glad they are dead and buried. There's a guy who does a thing called the LJN Defender. He defends a lot of these crappy quality LJN games. A lot of them are crap mm -hmm. and don't have anything to do yeah. with the plot of either the comic book, the movie, or the wrestling that's required with it. I tell people now, I'm not going to buy another game until I want to be 100%. The games I got now, the games, the games nowadays about $56 a piece, man. And they got so much content and so much goals and side missions and everything else. Like the uh, Batman game, Arkham Knight, that game made the main story. Even if you beat the main story, you just completed 25%. There's a whole shitload of side missions you have to do. And like, so, I mean, hell no, I can't do it, man. That's basically I mean, like the Lego games. No. No Lego games. Once you oh, beat yeah. the main story, oh, there's so many side quests that you have to take care of. And there's like a couple of games that we are like in a 90% range of being done, but there's just a ton of them that we haven't done. Side missions that you have to finish. We just finished Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, and we're still not Ooh, there at cool. the 100% full, completely done. So when it comes to gaming on PlayStation, what I like is that I like the trophy system. So you look at the trophy and see what you need to do to, be, to get each extra trophy. You got the ultra ones that are rare, and you got the ones that are very rare, or this is very achievable to get. And that's what I like. Then I can go, all right, cool, whether I need to find this and that, and how to beat the game and anything else and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, maybe when I get older, maybe I can be a video gamer or something like that. But I got four kids. I can't do that right now. <laughs> do you guys miss arcades? Yeah, I do. Uh, I miss playing Mortal Kombat in arcades. <laughs> I guess maybe, maybe I did. I do miss playing Mortal Kombat in RT. Street Fighter. That's fun. 
I feel like there were so many times you could go to an arcade and see such a weird variety of games that you would not expect. I remember going in there, especially the boardwalk in Ocean City, Maryland, of course. I would remember going True. to maybe a place like either Marty's Playland or Funland or that one mm -hmm. all the way down with the yellow, because I can't remember, Gameland, maybe that's what it's called. Those arcades, you'd see such a variety, and especially from the 80s and 90s and maybe up to the early 2000s, so many different games. I remember, just off the top of my head, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. I remember the X-Men arcade yeah. game, the WWF WrestleFest. Yeah. That's a game when I was working in the toll booths in Ocean City at the Inlet parking lot. I would go on break. I'd walk all the way down to that place, the game land. Yeah, I'd be talking uh -huh. about. And I would spend my lunch break playing WrestleFest. Well, see, stuff like that, you would never find it here on the Eastern Shore because what's it come, oh, it's popular. All of a sudden, it's all like Famous Days. Famous Days was popular. Everybody loved Famous Days. Food was good the first couple months in there, and all of a sudden, it stays out. It's like that, Famous Days. But if you knew somebody here knew how to do video games, like XL Games, they're in the Toyota Center. They know video games, they got vintage video games. I think they're going to be around for a little bit because, you know, they got classic shit people want. If you can't find it at GameStop, they're going to have it there. You know, GameStop is now buying vintage systems now to resell them for a double the price that they gave it to you. So, you know, but GameStop is an evil big corporation, man. I said it before, just like Papa John. I'm back on the Papa John's thing. <laughs> I'm gonna stop buying shit from GameStop. <laughs> I haven't had Papa John since that racist motherfucker said what he said. That pizza's overrated anyway. In episode 12, me and Eddie discuss Papa John's, and eventually I'll bring back some of those clips about Papa John's. Papa John's, I don't like their pizza, I don't like their sauce, I don't like their toppings. Eh, their cheese is all right, but really, how can you mess up cheese on a pizza? That's little true. C if I go with the pizza hierarchy, it's Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Domino's, because I haven't had Domino's in a while, and there's a place in Wilmington that's really good that they always deliver to the radio station all the time, and I get some of their slices of pizza when they're I'm going to try your pie. In the break room. Oh yeah, I like your pie. Definitely your pie's up there, too. Uh, Where's that? If they have it. Your pie is just sort of like you get your own individual personal pizza. There's a really mm. good place up here in, in Newark as well. Um, and there's a good place that's sort of your pie like what? in Newark at the Christiana Mall. Um, yeah, I know we're sort of getting real local on this, but hey, this is all we talk about. Like I said, sometimes uh, I'll talk good. with sportscasters. Other times I just talk to people about local shit that people may know. I'm trying to think of some other places. Pizza-wise? I'll put Domino's over Little Caesars, though. Yeah, but nah, uh, any place that has stuff crust that, that can offer you stuff crust is going to be a bonus amount. Boy, you get a stuff crust meat pizza, it's, all, it's done, over with. It's, it's worth the impending death 20 years down the road, but it'll be so, <laughs> so worth it. Y'all know. And just don't go overboard, especially now you can do that app and get it ready, and you can go in and put your code in and grab the pizza now. Hey, man, that. Yeah, they had the uh, commercial for Little Caesars. Oh, yeah, give me that meat stuffed crust. Yes. Guess what, though, man? That's just wrong with technology, man. Technology is making us lazy and fat. So lazy. But, obviously, that's a good thing. This place is going to be like the Wikipedia podcast. Going back to episode three when I talked to Dante Penny, and he talked about it's sort of a split. Technology makes things easier for us to do, but can it also help you? When it comes to being healthier, like I said, Fitbits, you have the MyFitnessPal and things like that. It can be used both ways. You can always track what you eat and do yeah. all this stuff. It's just lazy people decide to use it to make their lives easier and no physical activity. <laughs> like, look, I, look I, walk, I, walk me, I walk 30 minutes. I got me a thousand uh, extra calories to eat, to eat up now. <laughs> That's the problem, burning the calories and not having the urge to use them because, hey, I earned them. That defeats the fucking purpose of it. 
<laughs> You're supposed to burn the calories. The more calories you burn, that's how you lose weight. And eat other foods that can sort of help replace that. Like, for example, yeah. I think if starting with more, more cashews and pistachios, that's sort of good protein-wise, and it's heart-healthy. Most of those things are heart-healthy. So I think that's good for you, trying to do that. And Now I'm trying to eat apples as a way of not only replacing a sweet, if I want it, it's yeah. a source of fiber. How many apples a day do you eat, though? I try to eat one. Because one is good as a I killer. eat apples a month. I eat maybe a half apple a month. I'm, Damn. Wow. You, you I barely apples. eat apples. Are, you go to the food line and get a decent bag of apples, like a five-pound bag of but apples. The thing is, though, this is what I find out. is It's just what people don't tell you, even in the fitness world. I found fucking counterproductive. They tell you to eat fruits and vegetables and everything else, all these carbs. Like, I had them like that. I scan an apple, the Fiji apple. It's 80 calories. I mean, all right, it's doing good, but the carbs is higher than what some of the energy drinks have, sugar-wise. <laughs> like, There's good carbs. You know, it's natural yeah. sugar. Well, as natural as it can be from being mass-produced and, yeah. and put in the bags at a grocery store, but it's natural. But, right. but if you, but like I said, but if, you, if someone is telling a person who's trying to diet, it's like, yeah, man, you leave the energy drinks alone because it's got all that sugar and carbs in there, and then this person put this on there and, and compares it. It's like, this one little apple has this amount as much sugar as my energy drink that I like. But that's, it's good that's sugar, one and thing, it's natural. One as a, I mean, like I said before, wait, as wait, natural wait, as it Earl, can wait, be, Earl, it's Earl, what is sugar? What is sugar ever good? Sugar ain't never good. <laughs> In addition to that, there's more fiber in an apple. As a, there's certain fiber in yeah. certain fruits that should help you to stay yeah. that suppress hunger. That's understandable. Mm -hmm. hey, but also helps regulate your metabolism. And one thing, when we did the keto diet, I think the keto diet is by far the most restricting, but a very, very simple diet to do. And simple at the same time. It is because basically keto says this. You eat nothing but green vegetables and you eat whole foods and everything else. That's it. They don't want you to eat no apples because of the sugar and everything else and stuff. They want you to eat like broccoli. Basically, they want you to eat all green vegetables because carrots, sweet potatoes, all that stuff carries a lot of carbs in it and stuff. The point is for you not to eat carbs and to have your body go into ketosis. You eat your body fat and everything else and stuff. So... You know, that's why yeah. when we were doing it, it was freaking awesome, man, because we did so bloated at all, and just having no types of carbs in our system, you can tell it from night and day, man. You can like, whoa, this is fun. I got energy and everything else and stuff, and then here I am back to eating carbs. I feel like Jabba the Hutt just ate that little frog. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking, you know, there's good carbs and bad carbs. So, like, for example, that's another thing I try to avoid. If I'm going to eat carbs, I'm going to eat, like, whole grain bread, 12 grain bread. I'm not going to eat white bread unless for, like, grilled cheese or something. But I'm going to eat a whole grain bread and stuff like that. Yeah, and keto sounds basically like the Atkins diet, give or take a few things here or there. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> sort of getting back to the discussion I had with previous guests, Mark Demora. We talked about music, and we were talking mm -hmm. about you look at a particular time from the late fifties to maybe up to the early two thousands. Particular musicians and artists had their own style. A lot of them, you knew if a certain song came on the radio, you know, hey, this is this group. Hey, this is Hall Notes. Hey, this is the Chili Peppers. Hey, this oh, yeah. is this is Eminem. 
You know, now everybody sounds the same. What? Oh, know. come on. Let me put it like this. Everything's starting to get a little homogeneous. Everything's yeah, no, nothing. I, I work at a country station, and I hear a country song that's still on the swords like a pop R&B song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, understandable. I'm still listening to Steely Dan, so... Needless to say, I'm kind of removed from the pop music scene. I guess sort of Donald, you're, well, you're listening to a Donald. From what I do hear, yeah, nothing really stands out. I'm still listening to Asia and Royal Skin. I mean, you know, way back. Uh, yeah, way back. I don't listen to none of this new stuff, man. I mean, nothing is appealing. It's just talking about... <laughs> what, is, what is that? <laughs> yelling... It's like that episode of Spongebob where all they're listening to is like beep, boop, bopping. That's all it is. There's nothing else. It's just beeps and boops and bobs. It's like, man, has it really gotten to that point? Like I said, and you look now and I said, there's rarely a few songs that aren't just disposable. I mean, even in the last 10 years, what? Plenty of songs. There's a couple of Bruno Mars songs. There's some Beyonce songs. <laughs> there's Happy by Pharrell. Yeah. Those are good songs, though. There's some people people like. They like the... <laughs> Sound like Goku going to a Super Saiyan level. <laughs> Yeah, I will say though, uh, but uh, this Post Malone guy, um, he's got a, I think he has this single called, I think it's the Stay, it's some acoustic track, but it's good. I guess he stands out because I feel like he's an actual singer songwriter and like also he's really good with his, with, with his verses, with, with his rhymes. You don't find that that often. Yeah, we're like, as equally as adept at songwriting as he is. That Child I did nothing. Uh, that's pretty Child cool. Gambino, he got some. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. Mean, that's I, true. I, that's I, true. People talk about. Yeah, he, he was my dude for a while. People talk about the song "This Is America," so I actually got a chance to look at it. I watched the video the first time. I was like, okay, this is. And then I started reading people's comments. So I've been listening to it based off. I just watched it. Like, all right, cool. Why is he dancing? All this and that. And then you learn a lot more. You start reading people's comments. It's not the fact that he was dancing. He's, his dancing would distract you what else was going on behind him. Which, after I watched the third and fourth time, I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that you won't catch if you just look at it. If you focus mainly on him, you're not going to focus on what he's portraying, what's going on in society and everything else and stuff. I mean, it's, after I did that, I'm like, oh, this, I mean, he got some good points. But he's showing what's going on in society and what society is going and what society is now and what it's heading to be in the future and stuff, you know? Yeah, well, some songs nowadays got some message, political message, a lot of the political messages in them now. So, you know, like Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, was, when he came out, he was banging with his stuff. But, I mean, but other than that, I mean, Young and Thug, and I don't like, I'm, <laughs> I don't see <laughs> what everybody loves about Extension. I am oblivious. Yes. Oh, Lord, you look at that Young Thug. I forgot what this song is. I think it's so stupid. He's like, you know, I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you saying? I would take Thugnificent <laughs> from Boondocks and rather listen to that. You can't tell Yo. me a, a remix with F Granddad with Buster Rhymes and Snoop wouldn't have made it. Hey, well, hey speaking of Thugnificent, we listened to Thugnificent last night. <laughs> booty butt, booty butt, booty butt, tick. Booty, 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 when you hear that F Granddad, it makes you really think, man, we really do miss Nate Dog. Yeah. He just starts to that line, you just mad cut your asses old. It's just like, man, it really is true what Ice Cube said. A hit ain't a cut until Nate Dog sing on. That's it, man. You know, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. 
music nowadays is just terrible, man. Oh, and I don't I mean, want to be we one of those people Jackson. that acts like that. There's three things I hate that I don't want to be. I don't want to be one of those people that says back in my day. Two, I don't want to be one of those people where I don't feel empathy anymore for others. And three, I just don't want to be a person that just hates everybody. And it makes it really hard nowadays to keep any three of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in general. I just love Jim Ross's uh, things and stuff. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Imagine calling Monday Night Football. Oh, no. He was calling some XFL games, too. So remember, he's called football yeah, before he I mean, called Falcons. Like, like, legit football. And he called for the Falcons. Uh, I mean, oh, like, a long time ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and he could call boxing matches, too. <laughs> My God, he broke it in hand. He calls boxing. I, I, I can see him call boxing. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing, uh, he was doing, he some, I think he was doing some premier boxing champions. I text Earl one day a line from Booker T. He said, bone connected to your leg bones. I said, and Jerry Law was like, what? I was like, what the hell are you talking about, Booker T? <laughs> <laughs> I was going say, there's commentary like that that makes me giggle. I like shit like that because it's funny. Yeah. Someone will be all serious and everything else. But having somebody like Booker T on your commentary staff, I love it. And then Jim Ross and his... Uh, government mule beatings and go <laughs> live from hell. You should have straight to hell. Straight to hell. <laughs> but you got to say this. Jim Ross, really, after Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon, was the voice of wrestling for WWE. Yep, him and Jerry Lawler, man. That was a pretty good team, though. Those two are a pretty good team. But, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched wrestling in forever, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're not missing much. I have started watching the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, how they have these weekly webisodes called uh, 10 Pounds of Gold where they profile particular either a match with the champ or do like a featurey profile like they did one on Cody Rhodes and just talking about what it would have meant winning the NWA title and then they did one following up. NWA, baby. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you got to check them out. Uh, yeah, Billy Corgan owns uh, the NWA now from Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he's a big wrestling fan. So. And no clue. Billy Corgan. Hey, Billy Corgan. Hey, is the greatest. Yeah, oh. right now. What happened to the anyway? Hey, like I said, that's only nineteen production. Nineteen seventy nine is a good song. Hey, look, just like the staple thing. Boom! That was random. <laughs> You're going off script, man. <laughs> hey, pal, we're live. <laughs> we're live. Hey, can, we're can, live can I redo that? <laughs> we're live, pal. Man, man, Tampa, look at that, man, Sid. Sid, man, he was gold for the internet. Except for when he broke his leg and they were doing those uh, YouTube videos about it. You can't give me the night. Oh! Oh man, that is straight gold. That, that turned him into a face. And when he told Shawn Michael, listen, you punk. You don't give me the night off. You give me nothing but respect. That was gold. And then when he did the one with Kevin Nash, I am twice the man that you are, but I have half the brain that you do. And everybody's laughing in the ring. And oh I like and I think that was after Kevin Nash did one of those impressions of Sid. Nobody cared what he said. Just the fact he said it with such intensity. Sid was the man. And the fact that he still can come back, hasn't been on TV in years. Is he still alive? Oh, he's still living? Yeah. yeah. He's he's still still, I think he's still playing softball every now and then. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah, remember that uh, he would miss yeah. wrestling shows to go play softball. Huh? 
Sid would miss wrestling shows, apparently. Allegedly. Or as Jim Rohn would say, allegedly. He would miss wrestling events that he's supposed to go to to play softball. Yo, he's a dedicated Hey, sometimes player. you gotta play softball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, but yeah, I mean, you gotta have me. Yo, this is gonna be unfiltered, man. Like I said, this is <laughs> like, like I said, oh. like, see, I won't cut a lot of it out. Like I just need to cut out things clear transition because I'm all, I feel like I'm talking over everybody, which sucks. And it's like, you listen to a podcast where it feels this like people are talking over each other. It's a mess. This is real life, man. Look, we don't filter nothing. Yeah, I don't mind that but so we much. We filter nothing. We ain't putting on no. Little doggy ears and headgear and stuff. <laughs> Bunny this, this, this ain't social media. <laughs> this ain't social media. We're real media, baby. <laughs> We're live, pal. We're all drizzle. We're all drizzle. I, I'm going to call this right. episode. Actually, I'm going to call it Brothers Talking Baseball, but we didn't talk about baseball. And I just want to call it uh, We're Live. Yeah, we haven't talked baseball. Episode whatever. Him. We're live, pal. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> We're, We're live. live. I'm going to use that one photo of us uh, from when we were kids in the picture. That'll be the main episode photo. We live. I want you guys to share it like it's the Black Plague or some type of communicable disease. Are you going to name us the Black Is that our group name, the Black Plague? No, we're the New York Wrecking Crew. Today on the podcast, the Black Plague. Whoa, what the fuck are we listening to? Like one of somebody like you do know the black page something bad. It was just a joke, man. Mm -hmm. Since we were talking about hash browns yeah. to start the show, favorite breakfast food? <laughs> oh, uh, eggs. <laughs> what kind of eggs? At least be descriptive. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, it all depends on the mood. Like, the I didn't. Mood. Well, you know, I didn't really like scrambled eggs for like the longest, but lately, I, that's all I've been craving. And I, I love like the the cafeteria like hotel style lunch. The hotel style like uh, the scrambled eggs were like they're in the pan and they're still kind of wet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's nope. like the girl, it goes like. Hey, <laughs> hey, those are the army eggs right there. That shit is leaking. Them eggs yeah. Oh, you mean the UMS type eggs where they just right, use the yeah. powdered <laughs> egg and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the like the ration yeah, type. Like, ration like, type. Just like cut like cut like ten times. It's done. It's like wet, leaking. Kind of I like love those eggs. Those eggs are so good. That's a hot sauce on it, man. Hot sauce, salt, and pepper. That's all. They just had an army oh, eggs. I can't do that. I'll it's tell you this. You know what the greatest sports experience I had? I got to cover this Eagles Saints game a couple years ago. Man. The perks mm -hmm. of what happens when you're a reporter. They had like a breakfast bar. They were making crepes. They were making omelets. They were making all types of stuff. You could go up Ooh, as much as you omelet? want too. Because really you're just waiting because there's a lot of pregame stuff and there's nothing going on until like maybe a half hour before the game when you get the depth charts, the inactive rosters and things like that. That was a really cool experience that honestly I'll probably never ever get to do again. But what did that hash browns? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe home fries. I Instagram the photo. Yeah, you know, as the, the millennial as I am, I Instagram the photo. Damn. <laughs> Put a filter on it. <laughs> no, I, well, actually, I learned if you're going to filter what food, Lark. Lark is the filter for it. Why well, I want to filter my food for it? It's going to pop either you like it or not. You know, this, this is episode is the one like. that feels the most like a sports talk radio show. It does. It actually does. <laughs> Why sports junkies? See, I even well, got Hulu Live now, so I can watch the sports junkies. Nice. Yeah, like I watched the episode where they had Frank Caliendo on for like three hours. Wow, I should check that out. 
Hey, did oh, any of you guys get a chance to watch uh, Dave Chappelle and Ben Jealous on the Van uh, Jones show on CNN? No, I haven't. No. They were on there together? A lot of the oh, Dave yeah. Chappelle uh, Netflix ones. I need to watch them. It was actually a pretty good interview with him. And then the uh, black scientist. I cannot, I cannot remember his name. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on okay. there. And he was talking to him. I was, was going to corner West after him. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, my God. We got some intelligent brothers. I said a black scientist. Oh, boom, just like yeah. that. I mean, who else talking this to? Is <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I'm going to say For a long time when it came to the most intelligent black folks still living it was Ben Carson oh god what <laughs> and that one was proven wrong book smarts don't always mean street smarts even though he quoted he about Uncle Ben be on the front of that race oh, I feel like the episode the of the Saturday Night Live race, where they had Uncle Jemima's hard mashed liquor with Tracy Morgan and Uncle Jemima mm. oh yeah oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah where are that. these birds going yeah. where are all these birds flying around <laughs> <laughs> shut up old woman <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I Uncle Remus, <laughs> I'm not gonna go too far into that. No, it's going. What happens when we it's try going. to be unfiltered? Let's try unfiltered. Oh, it's going. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try to put some sports here and there. Okay, let me get back on the sports. At least try to make the effort to get back on the sports. What is your favorite sporting event of the year? Oh God. Um, when the Nats advance to the uh, championship round the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, keep on dreaming, man. Keep on dreaming. The Orioles have been to more LCSs than the Nats have in these past 10 years. And if it wasn't for their manager self-sabotaging them two other times. Man, that's so crazy just thinking about like how far they've fallen. But like, yeah, that team was a whole mess. Ago, they remember the greatest moment in Mariners history, that game five against the Yankees. You can thank Buck Showalter. Yep. Because instead of going to John Wetland, he went with Jack McDowell he went with the starter instead of his closer, and the Mariners came back and won that game. And that's when, and that's when uh, Griffey... Where pl someone is playing a penny whistle, the off-tune key of My Heart Will Go On, and it shows that moment where the Mariners are trying to get back into the game, and you just see... That's the one with uh, Griffey came all the way around, didn't he? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Because I got to hit the tie of the game when Wetland was still sitting in the bullpen wondering, when am I going to get in? That sounds very familiar. Well, I could have swore I remember that happening uh, very similarly as well. And the most apparently, the more you hear about that story about Britain in the bullpen, Jones is like, bring yourself in the game. Like I said, the most exciting sport memory I remember, even though it wasn't a good one, it was San Francisco lost to the Seahawks that year in the uh, NFC Championship game. But I say it because at that time, they were two of the best teams in the league going at it in division rivals. So they already played each other twice that season. So it was a rematch. It was a tiebreaker. And I just thought it was great. You know, that's when Bowman broke his ankle. That's when Richard Sherman had his famous Booger T post game uh, rant about Crabtree. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about me, boy? Who talked about you? <laughs> that sorry, Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> That's by far one of the best. I like you know, San Francisco. San Francisco lost, but I like it though. I loved it though. So you know, yeah. You know what I find the most exciting thing about sports is just the opening ceremonies of all different sports, except for hockey. I gotta get more into hockey. I gotta get more in tune with hockey. But 
just watching the first game of the season of every major professional sport. Just watching the beginning of the ceremony with the American flag, how they say the national anthem, and how football got the Jets and everything else. And so how baseball, I mean, the stadiums are jam-packed. That probably be the last time that stadium be packed. <laughs> be the first game of the season, maybe the last game of the season, too. But that's what I think is the most exciting thing, just having that opening ceremonies and stuff. Which is like, all right, cool. This is the beginning of the season. Let's get it going. That's what I like. I like that. I, yeah. I do think the coolest opening day is definitely baseball. I guess also because it's, it's you know, it's my favorite sport. I'm biased there, but you go again. I don't know. It's just I, it reeks more optimism than in any other league because, like, you think about it. Of course, you have your major market and uh, at least all three of the major uh, North American professional sports. But like, you already know who's going to win in the NBA. I mean, seriously, who's who's going to stay losing to? You know, the NFL. The NFL Patriots. They're always going to represent the AFC. I mean, you have maybe a handful of picks from from the NFC. You know, Rams. Of course, the Eagles. Sports socialism. I mean, you gotta love here. it. Packers. You know, it's those two sports are predictable, but baseball is so wide open, yeah, so full of just like potential possibilities. I agree with that. You just never know. As we watch a World Series where the Dodgers are playing in the second year in a row and the Red Sox are playing for like the fourth time in 12 years, pretty unpredictable. And again, again, all sports have their major market, but we didn't predict how they would end up here. We saw Al score 108 games. Yeah, I mean, there were three teams this that. year, three teams here with 100 wins. And, that's and, and, crazy. I, and honestly, I didn't see the Dodgers coming back. It's not as simple as it is on paper. Like, the journey is so worth it. It would been nice if the Brewers went. Yeah, that would have been yeah, great. Because yeah, yeah, then yeah, it would have yeah, been the, the second team to represent both the AL and NL in the World Series. Yeah, but the Brewers, I mean, they, they were surprised. I mean, they had a decent squad last year. But this year, like, who expected them to play as well as they did? But they missed the playoffs by a game last they, year. They, they, they yeah, I, I said that they had a decent squad. But who would see that team? Like they stopped Paul like the Dodgers, and where's their payroll? It's nowhere near the Dodgers. Nowhere near top five. I mean, they have so well, much talent on that team. So we have Magic Johnson that owns your team. Well, Magic <laughs> doesn't. I don't think has much of an ownership role on the Dodgers anymore. He would just like the public face, and then. Yeah. Then, once he got what he wanted with the Lakers job, he just bounced. In the words of uh, Paul Mooney, get easy, owe me a Starbucks. <laughs> so, that's right. He said, how the hell is Magic Johnson got easy, own a Starbucks and stuff? So, maybe that's my next goal, to get easy. I can own a Starbucks myself. The Magic Johnson blueprint on success. Yeah, right. You ain't Magic. You aren't going to be as lucky as everybody else. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, man, he get A's and he owns a team at Starbucks. I mean, look, I can live on Starbucks salary. I would own a, this would be franchise at Starbucks. You know how many crazy people out here like Starbucks coffee? Or I make money off Steph because she loves Starbucks coffee, right? Yeah, she likes Starbucks, but now we're starting to make our own London Falls at home, so we don't need the middle man. Screw that. Now we're just paying the for all the creamer and the syrups. Look how cheap I am, right? Listen, like, you cheat. So, you know, while I was doing that promotion for a dollar coffee, right? Yeah. I had no problem spending the dollar. We pulled up the Wawa, and I said, I'm going to get me a coffee. She said, okay. I ain't seen no flyers that the coffee's a dollar no more. I said, look, we got to go. I said, the coffee no longer a dollar. That's how cheap I am. <laughs> I just go home and make my own damn coffee. <laughs> Like that. Starbucks coffee is disgusting. Economical. Yeah, it's right. overpriced. Economical. And I don't drink coffee like that. I barely want to get tea from there. Like I said, worst case, make tea at home. That's why we got all this stuff. Make tea at home. You seen that movie with Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Scott? 
whatever his name was, and he was like, can I get a large coffee? She was like, no, we have a vente. He said, so now you're telling me that you're dumb in both languages. <laughs> he said, um, vente is 20 in Spanish. <laughs> oh i forgot to answer my favorite breakfast food it rotates between bacon sauce and scrapple and scrambled eggs with a ton of cheese and some ham in it. can't have breakfast out pork yeah i mean yeah it's a nice touch to it. Uh, adds a nice touch. It's a sandwich enhancer. As we wrap this show up, and we look forward to doing this again, because technology makes things more possible. As we've gotten older, people have families, people get married, people get jobs, as most functional adults should do. You know, it makes it harder to get back and reconnect with people, and that's the biggest thing. And I was glad that we were able to reconnect. I guess any parting shots before we go, and then I'll give the whole spiel about how people can reach you or contact you because, you know, it's the Internet. People will find ways to do it anyway. I'm going to let the prosecutor go first. <laughs> right on. I mean, I know I had fun doing this, but uh, we should do this like once a month. Like, I don't know. This is, this is cool. This is cool. Uh, stay tuned, listeners. Stay tuned. All the folks Earl has spoken with so far, they're all wonderful people, and they are definitely worth listening to. So yeah, stay tuned. And I love you all. Uh, E-L-E, everybody love everybody. Before we go into what the defense will say, I have an idea what you'll say, but I'll wait to see if I was right. No, 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 no. I want you to go ahead and say what I think you guys are going to say. No, 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 no. I, 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 I want to be spoiled. I want to make sure that when you go through your parting shot, that whatever you end it with, I'll make sure, I'll let you know if I thought you were going to say it or not. All right, right. I had a fantastic time doing this for the second round. Three bros doing what they love to do, converse, like my brother's telling back then, converse, not conversate. Converse on topics, sports sometimes, and just life in general. So, you know, People out in the world need to really take their head out their butt and, you know, and just live life. Don't be so uptight and righteous about thinking you're better than whoever and everything else and stuff. Because what people are showing now in life is the reflection of what's going on up in Washington, D.C. The uncivility, the hostility towards um, men, women, whatever your flaw is, they're always going to pick it. But that's my feeling. You know, I had a great time, and I look forward to doing it again. Wow. I actually thought you were going what? to end it on a, on a funnier note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to be serious sometimes. Hey, he's, he's, yeah, I honestly right thought you were just going to go full LT in the water boy and end it with that, but oh. hey, you know what? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, so, uh, Bobby Boucher, tell us. So I can do one more, and kids, to my next conclusion, don't smoke crack. <laughs> I was waiting the whole time for you to end it with that as well, but man, I was like, man, is he gonna say it? Like I said, you know when you're around enough people for a long time, you already know what most people are going to say before they even say it. It's like ESP. Siblings and spouses have that that ESP. 
Hey, I'm at one percent. Y'all better. <laughs> okay, so Thran, what's the best way people can get up with you? Well, I do have a Twitter handle that I really reuse at Sparky McGriddle Cakes. I believe. Oh, that's a um, animal, right? Sparking the griddle case of your Instagram. Oh, wait a minute. See, that, and that's the thing. I, I'm i not, look, the social media thing, I'm still working on. But, look, I'm going to throw these names out there. Oh, uh, Sparking the griddle cakes and animal. <laughs> Whatever you find from those outlets, that's where I'm going. He's trying to wait, dude, on this, not him. <laughs> Someone say. <laughs> That's going to be a topic for another time. Oh, talking and acting supposedly a certain way. That's a that's a topic for another time. We will get our full Tavis Smiley, Ed Norton, all those famous newsy folks. So, Eddie, what's the best way people can reach you as well? I can reach that Facebook, Edward Holland Senior, Instagram, E Holly Twitter. I think it's E Holly eighty six on Twitter as well. Also on PlayStation Network, eHolla86. I'm just like keeping shit simple, okay? That's right. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. That's all. <laughs> like I said, dude, how are you? Is your phone on the charger and it's still dying? Oh, man. I'm yeah. at 100%. I started this with like like 15%. So it's, it's my fault from the get-go. Charge overnight, dude. Thanks again. And I appreciate it. And guys, we're going to do this again sometime in the near future. Word, word. I hope you enjoyed my interview with my brother Edward Holland and my cousin Theran Dennis, and I'm looking forward to conversing with them again. Next week, my guests are Mike Brittingham and Kevin McGarity, and we'll talk about how they became Ravens fans, their expectations for the Orioles' upcoming rebuild, their experiences as wrestling fans, and their softball stories. To listen to past episodes, you can find us on a number of places, including iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio, but you can now find us on the iHeartRadio app. Just go to the menu list, click on Podcast, and browse for the Sports Refuge Podcast. It's just that simple. And until next time, I'm Earl Holland, and have a good week. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge Podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.